0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a rewatch podcast for the stupendous TV show Madmen. My name is Fola Olokumbi.
1: And my name is Helen Varley.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe if you want to get in touch with us you can do so on twitter which is at breakdown underscore old or email us at oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com
1: this week we'll be looking at season one episode 10 entitled long weekend
0: in this episode during a labor day weekend don and roger get into some office work hijinks joan has a night on the town with her best friend carol and Betty takes the kids to the beach.
1: If only it was that wholesome. It really wasn't.
0: <laughs> it really, really wasn't. No. Okay, what did you think?
1: Well, to be honest, right. So I watched this episode twice.
0: Oh, wow. Because I
1: was like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> cool.
0: So so
1: I watched it and I was like, what's, what's the thing here? Because normally the thing kind of jumps out at me and I'm like, that's the thing. But for this episode, I was a bit like... Is the thing lesbians? <laughs> I was un- It was unclear to me what was going on. All right.
0: Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to... So for this episode, so what we've done in the past, like we've had really, really long episodes. They've dragged on for ages and ages. And um, we've kind of done different things. So we've done ones where we've looked at the we've just gone beat by beat and just gone like through the whole plot and sort of looked at it like that. Those are always the longest episodes that we do. Um, and we've also had ones where we you're enjoying your drink there. Oh, it's <laughs> lovely. Always, I'm drinking whiskey, <laughs> we, everyone. Whiskey. Yeah. We um, we also we uh, we've done ones where we've gone through each character. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually quite a bit shorter, um, but today. You've always kind of thrown out this possibility of us doing ones that are just based on the theme of the episode. Yeah. So I'm thinking that we do, we just do the theme today. So basically um, you've
1: chosen the episode that I don't know the theme of to, <laughs> to focus on the theme. I love it. Let's go.
0: Only, only, beca- <laughs> only because this is a really complicated... I like, remember when we did Lacan. I think we should have just stuck to the theme on Lacan as well. But we tried to go through each each scene, and it it took forever. Um, and this is kind of like a very similar thing where there's some really complicated, well, some really deep sort of philosophical things going on in this episode. Let's to get away from the theme for just a second, because I want you to talk about I want you to talk about like scenes that jumped out at you and stuff like that, and then I'll sort of jump on the back of that. Like, what's your kind of takeaway if, at all from oh, this episode? The, like, what did you think? Well, I mean, what did you did you enjoy it?
1: I did. I just feel like it kind of went a bit nowhere, do you know? Right.
0: It's like I just, okay, I sort of,
1: I wasn't as gripped as I was in other episodes. I think possibly because I feel like everything that happened was a bit, until until Roger has his heart attack, which I was like, poor Roger, he really just needs to go and have a checkup at the doctor. Like, honestly, <laughs> he's like, was sick the other episode, now he's had a heart attack. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm like, not. a bit worried he's Roger's going to die, isn't he? Um, anyway, but... I, I just so I mean obviously that kind of was a big thing. I think Joan going out on the time was a big thing, and and the other big moment for me was um, when Peggy and Pete had their little conversation in the office. Those were the those were the bits that kind of stood out for me, but maybe they're right, the wrong okay. bits. I don't know. No,
0: they're not the wrong bits. They're just yeah no it's all all, all interesting stuff. Um, so okay I'll get into it. The first thing I'm going to say is this. For me, this episode was about the philosopher Martin Heidegger, who has some problematic things about him, which I won't go into. Um, Oh, tell us, tell us. (laughs) I I, I really don't want to, because it's just going to derail everything. Okay. Um, but if you if you look up the term Martin Heidegger and uh, find out about his past and some of the things I'm doing it right he now got involved in. <laughs> okay, <laughs> some of the things he got involved in. Um, yeah, you you'll know what I mean. Um, and he wrote a book called Being in Time, and it's a philosophical book about the being, which is you or me or sort of a human being of some sort, in time. So you know the concept of time. And um, that's basically what this episode, I think, is based around. Um, he came up with this interesting, uh, th- was I don't think it was his theory, but he used a lot of this thing called hermeneutics, which I don't know if you've heard of. No. Right, so there's a hermeneutic uh, circle, and I'm going to describe it to you. Uh, using the way I watch, so we've, t- we've found out that you watch this show twice, right? I'm going to tell you how I watch these shows like every single week, and this kind of explains what the humanotic circle is, right? So, the first so I watch this show like on average, I watch this show like three times a week, right? Um, the first time I watch it, I'll just watch it through um just like from beginning to end as a normal TV show and just kind of see how I feel about it right and I'll pick up on something like say for instance in this episode the very first scene you see Don speak you see Don go downstairs and he speaks to um to Sally and what does he say he says something like don't tell um, on me
1: that I'm gonna try and sneak out the house or something
0: yeah something like that. Just pretend I'm not here or just pretend that, you know, I'm not here or something mm-hmm. like that. So, that's, so I see that scene and I'm like, that's to, to me in the context of the show, because I'm watching it for the first time, that scene doesn't really mean anything other than that, you know, Don has this little special bond with his daughter and uh, they kind of like to, they can share a joke together, right? So then I watch it a second time round and the second time round, because I've seen the whole episode, I'm like, oh, well, this kind of, I think this is kind of important to the story because... Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's talk about. I don't know if you noticed this through the episode. Through for the episode, there's a lot of da- daughters and, th- and fathers in this episode.
1: Is there?
0: There's loads of daughters and fathers. Yeah. When? So there's Dawn and Sally. There's Rachel and her dad. Oh yeah. There's um. Uh, Sterling and Roger, yeah, 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 Roger and and his daughter and the girl that he's shagging and um and I think there might be another one I can't remember what it was but yeah so there's like a lot there's a big sort of theme of that going through this not only that so so I'm, so the second time round I'm kind of looking for that and the second time round I'll see something else in the episode like for instance I'll pick up on the term there's like a term where they say where they're talking about the dad and the and you Know when at the beginning they say to um, Betty, says to her dad, and Betty, oh, and there's also Betty, and yeah, her dad yeah, as yeah. Well. But Betty says to her dad, um, they're talking about Uncle, was it Uncle Herman? And then Betty says, You're a diabetic, and then that you know, I put the two words, the Herman and the diabetic, together and I get hermanetics, and so I just pick up something ah. from there and then like I, I build up like um, a, a little thing so eat basically and then the third time I watch. so that second time round I sort of do a lot of research and I kind of learn about humanotics I learn about um, Heidegger and I sort of like watch a lot of YouTube clips on it and read like loads of Wikipedia posts on it and um, and then I come back and then I watch it a third time round and that's when I make the little um, oh my god (laughs) yeah I know and then that's when I make the um, that's when I make the running order where I go through like each and every scene and I send it to you So that's my third time so that's kind of cements how I feel about everything and basically every time I go around and I learn something new about the episode within the context of what the episode is is essentially a hermeneutic circle does that make sense
1: I mean you haven't really explained what a hermeneutic circle is but okay
0: so it's like, it's like a, it's like a learning to, to me, the best way I could describe it is it, it's probably not this, but it's, to me, it's like a learning, um, it's like a, a cycle of learning. So you, you pick up something like, so say you're reading a, you're reading a sentence, right? And you read like something like, um, I don't know. I'm looking for a sentence now. Um, uh, The cat sat on the mat. Right. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So you, you, you read that sentence, the cat's on the mat. The first, first thing you get to is the cat. So you don't, all you know, in your mind, you have a, you have your own idea of what a cat is. You don't know what the cat's doing. You just know what a cat is from like, from the past, from like your, your past, like, like, you know, from, from, from living in the world, you've picked up an idea of what a cat is. You have a, um, you can kind of place, what a cat is you've got like an idea I know I know
1: what a cat is, a
0: cat is. <laughs> right exactly so you, you can interpret what a cat is right yeah but you can't interpret what the cat's going to do within the um, context of this sentence until you get to that point in the sentence where it says the cat is on the mat right okay and that's kind of what I'm doing with the story where I'll what and every time you go past every time you sort of so if you read it the first time you read it is one time then when you go back to it and read it again in in full knowledge of what it's about you can infer or you can interpret more freely or more with more understanding what that's about right
1: I mean I'd agree with you except for the fact that I watched it twice and I still have no clue (laughs) that's a good point actually that
0: kills my entire theory boom Um, (laughs) but um, the whole point of why I'm explaining this is because that's kind of what is happening in this episode where you get two characters, actually you get three characters where they get to a point in their life where something changes, something ends and with that end they go back to some sort of um, metaphorical kind of start again, so you've got um, Carol, um, Joan's friend and she kind of, you know, she loses her job, and she's kind of free to make any decision what she wants. And when she, what she does is she re, she talks to Joan, and she, um, she recounts how she met Joan and how she kind of, and how she got to know her and what she felt about her in this really creepy scene, uh, and sort of explains to her how she feels about her and tells her that she loves her. It's almost like she's reliving that part of her life so she can get to that point where she says i love you right yeah and then also you've got the same thing with um roger yes Um, yes. and and essentially roger with his daughter is he's he he has this real bad relationship with his daughter and so he's trying to recreate that relationship with well kind of (laughs) not 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 fully but like through um a very let's just say I should say a, a bond with this uh with this girl that he meets he's trying to recreate this um some sort of familial kind of emotional bond with another woman with with a woman that's the same age of it as his daughter um and then towards the end of the sh- towards the end of the episode he kind of he reconnects with his daughter and it's like a it's like a new start right and then obviously you've got Don who also has this near so he has this near death experience and kind of has to reassess his life and the whole the whole thing that he does at the end of this episode when he's talking to uh to Rachel is he's being authentic and that's kind of so with um I feel like I'm just giving a lecture <laughs> with um <laughs> with heidegger and heidegger's um uh, being in time there's this thing that he that he coins this 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 idea that he comes up with called care structures mm. and um care structures are they they fall into three different categories which i'll talk about later but when i've kind of you know when, when I've let you talk for a bit, <laughs> um, um, they, 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 they split into three different categories. So they split into facticity, which is kind of like a fact of life, uh, which I'll talk about later, uh, fallenness, which is kind of how a lot of people live their lives, and existentiality, um, which leads to authenticity. And that's what Don was being at the end of this episode. He's been authentic about his life to another person um but but i
1: think you have to ask that question that's the thing though right is that instead of being authentic with his real life he's authentic with someone who's separate from his life and i feel like
0: yeah exactly yeah i feel
1: like there's there's a lot of that in the episode i mean i think i really would like to unpick the whole um joan and carol thing
0: Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the Joan and Carol thing. So there's a, there's a really, really weird, like, okay. So there's a really weird, um, scene in this episode. Really, really weird. And I think I may be insane and a bit deluded in what I think about it. Um,
1: Go on. So the
0: bit where we see Joan and Carol and they're talking in, you know, after Joan's been hanging up that pit, the um the message on the wall, mm-hmm. and Carol comes in and she tells us she, she tells Joan she's been fired and all that kind of stuff, and then she tells she tells Joan this story about this guy. She uses this name Marlon Rice, right? Yeah. So Marlon Rice in this episode, Marlon Rice is a. A student at Yale University. No, he's a poet at Yale University, right? Right. And I was like Marlon Rice. Like the way I watch this show is like if I hear a sh- if I hear a name or any kind of reference, I'm like straight on Wikipedia. What does that mean? Like who is that person? Because it'll tell me more about the show, right? So I did this with this, and I looked him up, and it's the only name I could find was this writer in Brooklyn who wrote a book like about seven years ago or nine, ten years ago. Uh, and he'd also written this um keeping in mind that i think a big part of this episode is about authenticity and like sort of being true to yourself right um he'd written this kind of i don't know this bio on himself on how he became a writer and how he when he was really young he really liked his mother sort of forced him to read uh and because she really liked reading so he picked that up and started and took that upon himself to kind of read and then as he was reading he learned how to write and 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 then he started, he wanted to become a writer. But then as he started to learn how to write, he, you know, hooked up with a girl and got a kid. And then he had to sort of like have other, you know, he had to look after the kid and he had to sort of get a job and he became a, um, a security guard and sort of like fell, you know, fell away from writing. And then for years he fell away from writing, didn't write for ages. And then he started getting back into it again. And he found his, he found his whole sort of, Zest for life again by like learning how to write, and this is like all in this story that this guy's written like about himself. It's just like this. But post, wait, this right? You said yeah, you're gone. so.
1: Wait, you said this was what ten years ago.
0: This, yeah, I don't know, something like that yeah. So,
1: but it wasn't the first episode. Wouldn't, wouldn't this episode of Mad Men have come out by then?
0: Yes, so, he no, he wrote the book ten years ago. I don't know when, this thing, I don't know when this post was written.
1: Oh, that's so creepy. Not, I, like... I kind of don't like it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a weird ghost.
0: <laughs> it's really weird. So, And, like, part of this whole idea of um, of Heidegger is this idea that, and this is kind of hard to, to explain, but the, the idea that you, when you're born or your life within a certain time period, is what you're thrown into. It's kind of... you, The the facticity of it all, like the, 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 the bare facts of it all, are the fact that you were born into this time period and whatever you can do within this time period is your life. That's all you have, right? So the idea that they talk about this guy called, um, with the same name, Marlon Rice, as a poet in a different time period, is really weird when you're, when in, in fact this person is actually living in Brooklyn and he's kind of around, you know, in the 2000s. It's just, it's really, I don't know if it's, I, I literally, maybe I'm just making this stuff up. I think But we, I, it just seems a bit kind of, a bit, it makes, yeah, it's a bit too. I think
1: we should email him and find out what's going on.
0: Funny you should say that. <laughs> you
1: emailed him? Oh my God! <laughs> Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. <laughs>
0: I don't, genuinely, I don't know. So, he said, he got back to me. No way! Like, oh
1: my god, I'm <laughs> losing my mind. He, Go on.
0: He goes, he goes um, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, what's the What's the name of your podcast? So, I sent him a link for the podcast. And I haven't heard from him since. Oh my god, <laughs> so I that's so I don't, awesome. I don't know. He listened he, to he, us he, and he yeah, hated I, it. He either thinks I'm some kind of crazy psychopath. Or, he's like... I'm gonna find out what these guys wrote. I don't know. I don't know. Oh Who my knows. god! I, I'm guessing. I
1: love that. I'm
0: guessing he thinks. I, I'm guessing he thinks we're, so we're absolutely insane uh, just like. Oh my god! You
1: should email him some... this episode when it goes out and be like, <laughs> "Look how much you freaked out, my podcast co-host." Like seriously, if you're listening, is it Martin?
0: It's uh, Marlon.
1: Marlon. Marlon. Right. Oh my god! Send us an email. I'm into it. Like, I feel like. I feel like you're the ghost of <laughs> Mad Men's past <laughs> in the future. You're like Heidegger's theory immortalized. I love it. We'll see. I love
0: it. We'll see if he gets. We'll see if he gets to us. But yeah, so that's that's my whole take on that whole conversation with Joan and uh, and Carol. Um, yeah. But there's yeah there's there's loads of stuff in there that they they, they just like there's loads of stuff that hints to. This idea of um, interpretation in there, because like when she comes in, like Joan has to work out whether um, Carol's why she's crying. She's like, you know, you know, did you lose? You know, have you are you pregnant? Are you on your you know are you period or do you know? She's kind of like trying to work out all these things, and um, from um, from Carol, and Carol's just kind of like crying, and she just has to figure it out which is kind of. That's a little nod to it. There's um, other ones as well. I can't. Yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff. I don't yeah. want to go through them all because it's just like me listing things. But yeah, there's just loads and loads of stuff. Um, and also, so we can talk about um later on when they pick up the two guys.
1: Yeah, Well, let, let 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 me talk. Let me say about about that whole thing because I I will
0: go on then. I sorry. feel like I've been t- no no
1: <laughs> I I feel like from a from a non. I've analysed this three times and read up a bunch of philosophers' <laughs> point of view. Like, I feel like, if anything, this was the storyline that really stuck out for me. Because we've we've heard about Carol a lot. I don't know if we've ever... Yeah. We might have seen her before once, very briefly. Yeah, we did. Um, but I feel like she's never been a, a big character. So for her to come in and suddenly... And especially after that whole like, thing at the beginning where... And I feel like that movie was kind of important. Did you read about the movie? Yes.
0: Yes. The, the movie. Have, have you not seen The Apartment? No. So, okay. I think that's important for two things. Well, so I the haven't. First, but first thing... of
1: all, I've not seen The Apartment. So I'm sorry, everyone. Folio <laughs> will tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> Apartment's
0: a really, it's a really good film. It's a really, really good film. Um, um, but The Apartment is, um, it's basically about this guy who works in an office and kind of, he hires out his office to his bosses and stuff, so they can have wild parties. Oh, I love it. And one of his bu- one of his bosses is um, having sex with the um, the lift operator.
1: As you do, and this is in-
0: and this is interesting for two reasons because obviously, um, Roger kind of can't even imagine like the idea, like he can't fathom the idea of a white female. Um, lift operator it's like out of his kind of understanding it's um he has like a a, a real reality and that just doesn't come into it at all um but that's that's kind of that's a side thing i think the main thing about that the we the reason that that film got mentioned is because it's the film that um matthew weiner based mad men on
1: what the whole thing
0: well, no, just the the style of it and the feel of it and the kind of the oh, context really? of it. Yeah. So you know, when I was talking about, um, you know, the the hermeneutics thing, where you can have you can have this, you can have something out of context and not know what it means, but then you come around to it again and it, you build on it. Mm. I feel like that's kind of what he did. That's what Matthew Weiner did with that film. So he kind of it had some certain. A certain context to him at one point, and then he came back to it and added all this other stuff, i.e., Mad Men, into that into that film, and came up with something else and built on that that idea.
1: Oh my god, Fola! I think we need to do it. An- I'm gonna go watch The Apartment after this, and then <laughs> we should do an episode on The Apartment versus Mad Men.
0: We should. We totally should. Because yeah. that
1: um. that's because I kind of because as someone who watches it and then does absolutely zero reading um yeah. which is what I do. Um I so I watched that and I was sort of like that that movie feels important but I don't know what it's about. Yeah. And it's and what that's kind of interesting to me actually because it is that whole thing if you can sort of watch it and not like and when I watched it the first time around cause this is my second time around watching it even though they're about 7 years apart or whatever. Like yeah. You're watching it the second time around and I still sort of feel like there are things that I watched the first time around and we're doing a podcast on it now. So it feels slightly different. But the first time around I did not pick up on any of these things. And I still, and I sort of like when you said the apartment, cause it feels like whenever they reference something in a pop culture way, you're sort of a bit like, well, that's going to mean something. Um, but <laughs> you can, you can real. watch what I love about this is you can watch this entire show and not have any idea about any of these things. Um so I mean with joan and with Joan and Carol, like I feel like for for me, I really enjoyed that part because I actually knew what was going on uh, yeah <laughs> um and I feel like it was <laughs> i mean there's there's some things that you're a bit like, I'm not sure what that means, like she came in and it was a heat wave, and there was a lot of stuff about heat and hot, yeah, yeah,
0: honestly, I don't get that. Yeah. That's, I definitely don't get that. There is there is a lot, there's like a, there's a shot of like a thermometer. I think yeah, what it yeah. is, is it's something to do with um, the, the heat being turned up on Don in some way. You think? Because, yeah, because I, I feel, because this, okay, so another big, another big theme in this episode is existentialism. That kind of wondering who you are and uh, where you belong in the world. Mm. And I feel like that's kind of, that's it. Don comes to a head where he's kind of trying to work out who he is and, you know, what he's, you know, what he's got to offer the world. Who, like, who actually is he and what does he want? Because we know that he doesn't want to be married and he doesn't want to have kids and he doesn't want, he doesn't want all this responsibility that he has. I'm sure he loves his kids, but he's just kind of, he's so kind of, that's not what he wants in life. And, but they but um, they all
1: go through that I feel like they all go through that a little bit in this episode, like every single one of them. like even yeah. you know, I mean let's you know with Joan, it's kind of like she she you know she we know that she she loves or is in love with Roger in some way because she's at the end that yeah. that scene that really broke my heart was her sitting at the typewriter crying. After he'd had yeah. the heart attack. And it was sort of like the whole thing of, you know, she's with a mate. She that she goes out. She rejects her mate. Says, no, I'm not a lesbian in a very, like, roundabout way. <laughs> then yeah. they go out. They pick up some, like, really ugly guys. And I'm sorry, Joan, but you could definitely do better. Um...
0: Well, <laughs> I've got, I got something to oh, say. Oh, okay. Well, anyway,
1: <laughs> we'll go back to it. But, like, you know, they go back to the apartment. She's sort of, like doing the thing his her friend just goes along with it and that's the thing is that that's again the who you are thing is it's like <laughs> yeah, her friends does, just like the guy it. comes on to her and she's just like well Joan rejected me so all right then which yeah. i kind of get like we've all been there guys yeah. we've all been on the rebound um
0: do you do you want me to do you want me to explain that part
1: all right you go for it
0: so there is so um don carol and think those are the two main characters and a bit of Joan actually as well towards the end those three characters at points in this episode are just going along with things um they're just kind of they're almost along for the ride and they're being told what to do so um so and the reason that is is because part of being in time like I said there's like these three different care structures the second one I think we've talked about uh one of them the second one is fallenness and fallenness is basically the best way to describe that is yeah it's basically just going along with everything and not really thinking for yourself and being told what to do and you know just accepting it if you see if you if you remember the episode uh you remember that when in the party in the office that the the, that don and and um and roger are throwing in that in that the first scene of that roger is basically yelling out order well not yelling but kind of like just giving out orders constantly to everyone he's telling don to make these drinks he's telling everyone to dance he's telling the girls to touch each mm. other and he's kind of like he's always and everyone's just going along with it because in this effort ep- in this scene they are the fault fo- they have fallenness they're kind of just going along with things and roger's almost tyrannical and um, the same thing happens with with um with joan at the end and when Joan is sitting down to type that letter, um, um, Cooper calls the letter. He calls, what does he call it? He calls it a master client list. Yeah. Specifically on the master and client thing, and um, and yeah. So and and she and, and he and he even says to he says to, um, uh, to, to to Joan, you can do better. And then they get into the lift. And then when they get into the lift, he says to Joan, um, the ground floor, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> she presses, she, almost like she's like, you know, his... Poor oh, um, Joan. She's like, she's like his lift operator. Just like Shirley MacLaine in the film The Apartment. And so this, the same thing happens with um, Carol when they're at the party. So what's happened is, yeah, you're right. Um, Carol's just been basically rejected and she's just fallen into this fallenness where she's just kind of like going along with things because she can't have what she wants she's tried to she tried to reach out and grab what she wanted and she can't have it so now she's just kind of like well you can do what you want with me and that's kind of that's it, and 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 if you remember that's exactly what don is like um in the other party where he's just like sitting there and this girl's kissing him and he's just kind of just taking it basically cuz at that po at that moment he's he's part of this fallen thing. He's like, you know, he's got no real will of his own.
1: Do you not think this is just like everyone's like real life though? That like, you just get to a point where you're just sort of like Yes. Alright, well, this is this is what's this... happened.
0: Well, um, that's that's the point. Just gonna that's deal with point. it. Mo- yeah. Most people live in this idea of fallenness. It's very, very few people that kind of uh, get beyond that.
1: Let's continue going through the episode a little bit more. So let's say so we've sort of covered joan a little bit and you know she's still gorgeous we love her um uh what do i want to ask i guess you know what i found kind of interesting was the whole episode was the whole thing between uh peggy and pete because it's quite quite a short part of the episode um, it is it is and but it was kind of interesting because like i guess the last time we spoke about them we were kind of feeling for peggy a little bit because you know yeah. she like got it on with him she was like in the bar she was all like yeah let's dance and he was like <laughs> i don't like you and you're like this and now he's <laughs> And also,
0: can i just say can i just say about that scene that we didn't touch on um she he didn't want her to he didn't wa- he he didn't like her like that because he had no control over. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I said. I think you might have said that last time. But
1: oh yeah, to, totally. No, it was a whole thing where he likes to have the power over her. It's like yeah. when he needs a little. I feel like whenever Pete needs a little bit of an ego boost, he goes to see Peggy, and he's a bit like, yeah. "Peggy, you know, be my bitch." And Peggy's at the point now where she's like, "No, fuck you. I'm not gonna be your bitch." But yeah. she doesn't say that. She just sort of says That's
0: exactly what
1: about other stuff, but. You know, I feel like that. Well, it's just kind of interesting because I, I feel like we get what's going on, but do you think Peggy gets what's going on?
0: Well, I think. Well, I'm gonna say what I think's going on first before I, before I, I work out what Peggy, because I think what Peggy's saying. Well, what happens at the end of that scene is they basically both accuse each other of using each other, um, and Peggy doesn't really. She doesn't really fight it when. Pete and I don't. And I don't think. I don't think Peggy used Pete to get her job at all. No,
1: she didn't.
0: But but, Pete kind of infers that she did, and she never actually says, "That's not how it was." She just kind of looks quite quizzically at him as he walks away, and I think that's a bit weird. I think that's a. I think that that scene's that that scene is really strange to me. Actually, like I don't fully understand why it's there.
1: But that's what I mean. Um, that 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 scene to me felt really bizarre, and I was kind of like trying to match it up with what had happened to Pete because we don't see Peggy much in that episode, but what had ha- happened to Pete earlier in the episode yeah. and later, and potentially later on in the episode, where, with the whole like Nixon K- Kennedy thing.
0: Oh yeah, I can explain that.
1: All right, you go. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> so there's two, so there's two scenes with Nixon and Kennedy. The first scene with Nixon. One thing. That i want to talk about as well as i talk about this nixon kennedy scene there's two scenes where don says something and then a couple of minutes later um roger repeats exactly the same thing But i'll talk about that later um so the first scene is them all in the office um sort of watching these two different um these two different ad campaigns and um one of the ad campaigns, the Kennedy ad campaign, doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't. They they sort of state. Oh, that I it love that give you any where it's it like
1: Kennedy, 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 yeah, Kennedy.
0: It's, an anno- <laughs> it's just an annoying song. I love that it. Kind of gets into your brain, and that was the successful song, right? Yeah. Um, and the other one basically gives you all the facts. It tells you everything, and it's another kind of nod. Well. It, this part to me is another nod to interpretation and how we interpret like things. So like the Kennedy um, advert is obviously kind of allowing you to make your own interpretation and pick things up for yourself so you can understand how you feel about stuff. Whereas the other one is basically Nixon just telling you the facts that this is how things are dryly and just kind of in a boring kind of way, kind of, um freaking you out sort of thing so yeah that's kind of i think that's the real sort of um that's the uh the the, the juxtaposition
1: so this is so this is like (laughs) the closest i got to the meaning of this episode right is that you've got let's say because at the beginning like don identifies with nixon because he's like well he came from nothing or yeah. you know and he's like become this guy like after six years in the navy he became vice president or whatever and this kennedy yeah. shows up he's an immigrant he get he bought him his way into yale i think he says and suddenly mm-hmm. he's this super person and it's like <laughs> i feel like that is the crux of this episode for me is it's this whole thing of like what should what should be right is that surely the guy who has worked his way up is the one that you go for. But that's not the right. case. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay. and I think you can relate that to like modern society. I mean, look at Trump. Like he's not a self-made man. He was born into a rich family. And, you know, I yeah. think it's very much a whole like, why why do we choose to back the person who's had the easier job? Um and it's kind of like, and that's 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 the interesting thing about this episode. It's like all the people who've had sort of an easy ride of it, kind of. Well, okay. Kind of.
0: We could you could say this. So, like, um, one of the things that so that this book is about is about authenticity and sort of like one of the things about authenticity is you don't have to work the hardest. You just have to do what you feel. It's like you finding the best part of yourself and because you found the best part of yourself it drives you to do what you want so you don't necessarily have to be the smartest person in the room you don't necessarily have to you don't even have to it's not even about you know morally being good or bad it's just that thing about you that makes you tick that makes you sort of um go things can work out for you so if you look at like um it's, it, I feel like this episode doesn't really focus on Trump as much as the last one, but um, it does kind of apply in some way in that Trump's kind of found, you know, whether you like him or not, Trump has found something that he's good at, which is kind of, you know, lying to people and getting people to do what he wants uh, and being and sort of, you know, it's his kind of his whole personality is the thing that got him to be elected as a president of the united states of america
1: but then but this is the thing is it's like everyone in this episode who, who is authentic doesn't get what they want like if you think about joan's friend she is authentic she puts her cards on the table doesn't get what she wants like you know the people who and then you've got don who I don't know
0: okay so another thing about authenticity is that uh, in in terms of um of heidegger is that it's not quiet. It's loud and it's and it bores into you. Like it's not, it's not, um, it's not about being, you know, um, emotional or about being sincere or anything like that. It's about being right and sort of this is the moment, this is it. Now we, you know, it's like it's it's almost like it's an anxiety thing. It's not you can't. It's it's not something you can do. Being authentic in hiding eyes is not something you can do calmly. It's something that you you get anxious about and you get terrified for. That's why a lot of this episode is actually quite creepy. And it's, there's like loads of like talks about vampires and sort of, there's a real sort of dark sort of creepy edge to it. Uh, because it's that idea of ex- existential fear and existential dread. And can, when it hits you, you kind of, you're hit with it really hard. So when, um, so that's the, that's the problem with the way, um, carol explains um how she feels about joan to joan she kind of like explains it in a really sort of you know i love you and you know and she's really quiet about it and then joan's like uh no you don't you're
1: having a bad day i think she says
0: yeah exactly and she forgets about it she just kind of okay maybe you're right and she doesn't she doesn't go for that thing that she wants you know Mm. and that's i think that and then obviously later on you get don who's pretty much in the same position, but he's kind of like, Jesus, Rachel, this is it. But, <laughs> this is now, and he's like... <laughs> but, Don, but Don's
1: journey, I mean, let's talk about Don for a minute, right? Like, his journey this okay. episode is quite interesting. So we we first see him at home. He's like giving, you know, he, he has that lovely moment with his daughter where he's like, shh, don't tell them I'm going to leave. And then and then Betty is like, come and help me with the suitcase. And it's all like a facade mm-hmm. so she can bitch about her <laughs> mum in law or whatever. Um yeah. and you know, he goes off, he goes into the office, he sort of has this moment about Nixon where he's sort of saying, well, why wouldn't you you go for the authentic guy? And then and then they bring in this like whole twin element, which is kind of weird.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And he 'cause well actually <laughs> well, it, no, okay. he loses the account first, doesn't he? And there's that whole thing of he's yeah, annoyed yeah, about yeah. it, he goes to see Roger. Roger's like it's an account. Who gives a shit? It will just cut back. Yeah. We'll just go fire someone. It's not a big deal. And then it's almost like it becomes almost this like fairground ride where he sort of like, you know, where they go downstairs and there's like twins everywhere and all the men are like hitting on the twins and it's a bit weird. And then, and then they're like they find the two and then they take them back to the office and and it's sort of almost like a puppeteering thing. And you're just a bit like the thing that the thing that crosses my mind is what is it about how Roger does things versus how Don does things.
0: Right. Okay. You know. So, okay. So I think the, the key to that whole thing is obviously the, you know, the thing with the cow, um, uh, is it Ken? Is it Ken? Yeah. Ken, Ken like chatting up the girls and he's talking about the, the cow with like, that's, um, it's, um, one, it's one cow at the back and then it sort of splits off and it's two, two different cows. Oh yeah. That's really weird. Directions. They mention they mention cows because cows give milk, and like the idea of milk kind of reminds you of like babies and sort of you know Roger drinking his milk and all that kind of stuff. And what you're seeing with the two cows is it's almost like you know I was talking about that um that guy that I emailed, mm.
1: um Marlon, our new has, friend,
0: like, Marlon, yeah, our new friend Marlon, yeah. <laughs> um, so he so there's two different realities there, right? There's this kind of this actual reality where he's kind of you know, the guy in Brooklyn. And then there's the reality that he, the, the reality in the in the show where he is a poet in Yale. And I think that's what the cow's kind of pointing towards. The fact that Don and every time, like Don says something and um, Roger kind of repeats it, it's kind of, again, it's, yeah, I agree. It's kind of the two of them are kind of doubles. And it's like, I feel like um, Roger is done in a different time period. And what basically happens is Roger obviously is kind of going crazy with this girl. And he almost dies. And it's kind of that's his life. Like his life was kind of not even like he and he explains to he explains to roger that he didn't he doesn't know what he's doing he's got he's not going anywhere he you know and he's so kind of he's so scared of life he doesn't feel like he's lived his life Mm. and i feel like don in that in that moment is looking at him and saying is that who i am too so that kind of shocks him that 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 near-death experience essentially shocks him into authenticity um which kind of which is why he goes to see Rachel cuz you know everyone who watches the show knows that him he has this real sort of bond with Rachel uh and that's the person he actually genuinely wants to be with um so he rushes over to her to kind of you know tell her how he feels about her or at least kind of make that connection because you know we're not we're not promised tomorrow man and that's that's kind of another thing that Heidegger's about it's like as soon as you realize it as soon as you as soon as you appreciate death as soon as you appreciate the idea that you will die and it's like and there's no cuz for for when we're in when we're in our fallen state when we're kind of like just going through life what we're not thinking is i could literally die in 2 seconds time like i could i could as i'm talking to you now i could just keel over and die
1: please don't do that
0: right But that's the thing, like that that isn't that, you know, as, as much as we joke about it, that's a genuine thing that could happen. You know, it could be some freak accident or whatever. And, you know, and it's really hard to get connected to that feeling that that could happen, right? All of us, all of us, we get through life. We get through, we wake up every day and we're kind of like, we don't think there's a possibility of us dying. So but the fact I the actually do, though. We are going to die. I do actually
1: you? do, because... But then again, okay, then no, so No, listen, the the hear me out, Wait. right? Because I, all whenever right. I call my mom at the end of the phone yeah. call, I always say I love you because my mom has nearly died twice. Now, so that's oh, her right. di- ah, That's her okay. dying. I hope she won't listen to this. Rather than me dying. But now, right. since the first time she got, like, rushed into yeah. hospital or whatever... Like ever yeah. since then I, I always say I love you on the phone before we say goodbye that, that, just because then that, I know that if something happens, that's the last thing I said to her.
0: That makes total sense though to what we've seen in the show where, you know, you're you've been close to death, so you're kind of you're fully aware of it. And I and you know, I, I look I'm not considered uh within the people I know, I'm not considered the most anxious of all people right <laughs> I'm kind of
1: you're kind of chill you're a little chill <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I totally disagree, but people say i'm I'm chill and like uh, i I find that a lot of other people let's say like i find like for for instance you not in a bad way, so I think it's a really good thing i find that you especially a lot of people where we work actually are very very anxious. very kind of like and that's that's a good thing it means that you're living a really authentic life it means that you're kind of you're you are aware of of you know death and you are kind of aware that you kind of you only got this amount of time and you only got this 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 chance to get it right and that's like a really it's a positive way to live it's It's not it's not that no
1: well exactly that's the thing is i feel like i feel like there's a big difference between myself and what don would do because uh, you know, I I have, I am an anxious person. I wouldn't necessarily say I have, I, I suffer with anxiety, but I do feel like no. quite anxious and I'm quite an emotional person. And, you know, I do, but I, I and I feel like, but for me, I feel like, so, you know, for, for example, on the weekend during lockdown at the moment, you know, you spend a whole day watching TV and then I literally, the guilt that I feel, because I'm like, I wasted <laughs> a whole day of my life watching TV and it's like the guilt is so bad because i'm yeah. sort of like oh my god like that that's 24 hours that you know when i when i'm about to die i'm gonna be like wow i wish i hadn't watched tv that's so exactly that,
0: that's the good thing that's so you're aware of the fact that you even say like when i die like that's you're so aware of the fact that you're gonna die yeah and that's I am. kind of what that that's that's why don goes to basically goes to um uh rachel at the end and <laughs> and but that's be- but, he's, damn it, Rachel. but
1: he's but that's kind of cheating cuz he's just witnessed it, do you know what I mean? Like he's just yeah, seen yeah. it happen. So Obviously for what's um, weird, for a yeah. dramatic effect. Yeah, I mean it's it is kind of like I mean I hope I like to think I don't know what's going to happen, but I'd like to think in the next episode that he leaves his wife and goes and lives with Rachel.
0: Well, we can only, we can only... Uh, Don't think that's going to happen. project into the future. Because <laughs> it's like, if
1: that's what he feels authentically, but he, but obviously that isn't what happens. So.
0: Well, we shall see, I guess. Oh. We shall see. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I need to talk about. I didn't really talk about everything with, um, uh, I didn't talk about bad faith. So bad faith is basically that thing I was talking about, like the fallen like living in the fallen sort of thing you're kind of you're living in bad faith you're kind of going through going through the motions there's also a point you know when um um when roger's on his deathbed and he's kind of and he's like talking and he says like i did everything they told me i drank the milk i ate the butter and that's that's like a fallen thing to do right um, but he also He's thing- such a
1: liar. He lied to his doctor because he was like, "I drank the, I drank the milk," and I. And I'm like, "Well, that's not going to help you." Because he also smoked the fags and <laughs> ate and drank all the booze. So you know. Do you
0: think? Do you, do you know what? I, there's one thing. Like when when he's talking to that girl, um, and they, you know, they're just about to start boning. Um, boning. <laughs> it, you get the you get the weird sort. Of, so you get the weird shot where she's smoking the cigarette.
1: She puts and out in the glass, she puts, doesn't she? Yeah. She
0: puts out in the glass. And then, then she kind of, she kisses um, she kisses Roger. And it's almost like she's giving him the kiss of it's life. It's a bit mouth and
1: to
0: mouth, isn't of, it? Yeah. He, yeah, and he springs off. And then he's like, all of a sudden he's alive again. And yeah. And then that's how he almost dies. But then that's how he also reconnects with his daughter, which is really interesting. But it's that
1: thing of like, you know what? That's For me, that scene was when he's in like the ambulance most people have got him and he's like being wheeled out of the office and he's like saying mirabelle mirabelle and and don slaps him across the face and it's like your wife is mona i was like i love that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna need that someday (laughs) i'm gonna be like hugh jackman
0: (laughs) i feel like that's that's part of um don kind of coming out of his uh well Don kind of trying to slap, um, yeah, slap um, uh, Roger back into uh, back into uh, into reality. But isn't that interesting? Almost.
1: Because at the same time, then the first thing he does is go to someone else. Like it's like yes. that whole thing of like he's like bringing him back to reality. He's like, "This is who your wife is. This is who you really love. This is who's going to yeah, come yeah. to the hospital and support you." And then what he does, yeah. he fucks off to Rachel's house.
0: Yeah,
1: totally, and it's totally. all like Rachel,
0: I need you, like you know, it's just. <laughs> it was a bit. Um, do you know what we've done? We've we're, we're less than an hour in, and I'm kind of like we could finally do it where we've we done we've done a whole episode in less than an hour. Quite. I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, I feel satisfied because I don't. I feel like there wasn't a whole lot in this episode. I do feel that this wasn't one of my favorite episodes uh you know okay. i do feel a little bit like it, it sort of was a bit a lot of a lot of nothing a lot of like seediness and
0: i feel like i could talk about this episode for a lot longer i just don't want to because I, oh. I feel like if, if any no only because <laughs> i know that i'm trying to explain these kind of concepts and stuff and it just turns into a massive lecture so if anybody wants me to go into it more, you know what the email address is. Uh, get in
1: touch. Yeah, Marlon, nice get in touch with Fola. <laughs> you know, you guys can have some mad conversations. And we can come and visit you in Brooklyn because I love New York. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, so is there anything else you want to say? Do you know, hang on, wait, wait, let me just... There's a, There's loads of stuff I could say about the introduction. Like, you know, the whole first scene with... um. With the dad. Because one thing that I feel like we haven't touched upon, and I always said we should always talk about this, is like the the, the, the title.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, long Weekend.
0: Long Weekend. So, obviously, I feel like the Long Weekend is obviously the Labor Day weekend. But that it also kind of feeds into um, the, the book being in time, because a long weekend is obviously a long time. Um, but then, on top of that, there's also something that I haven't spoken about for a while, which is the pre- the pleasure principle. There's a lot of there's a lot they talk about in the in in the first uh, the first scene where there's stuff about Peggy uh, not Peggy sorry Betty waiting to see Don when he comes over and this whole kind of idea of anticipation and sort of waiting for things to happen and that's kind of I guess that's ultimately life in a nutshell is waiting for death. So essentially, morbid life is this huge. <laughs> exactly, life is this huge kind of pleasure principle, um, and we have to fill that sort of void that time with with ways with ways of being authentic. And yeah, that's kind. Of, I feel like that's what the the opening of the episode is kind of pointing to. There's other things in there, but I don't want to. Like I said, I don't want to bore everyone. And plus, I don't fully understand it. So, so yeah, if anybody does want me to go into more detail, uh, give us a call. Um, give us a call and, um, yeah, I'll try. And, and this, this is so... To, so, uh,
1: basically, we've offered up a lacklustre review of episode 10, season <laughs> I one don't of think Mad Men. Like, no, I no, hear me, me out. And it's like if anyone has any thoughts, so Fola can spend another hour talking about it in a separate podcast, then please feel free to do so because you know we're gonna
0: have to we're gonna have, we're gonna have to Ooh, do that anyway because we've got another. It's week recap,
1: isn't it? Next, yeah, <laughs> it is, I need yeah. to, yeah, I need to make that image for
0: you. Don't I? <laughs> you do, yeah, we do. This Sheep. um but yeah, I, I actually genuinely don't think this has been a, a lackluster episode. I really enjoyed it. I think I try. I've been trying to make these a lot shorter. Uh it's just really, really hard to do. But like I say, for um, me this
1: episode had less in it, but maybe that's because I didn't get the underlying concept like I normally do. I feel like you know, but I feel you know, it it was it was perfectly enjoyable, but I'd say I'd say it was a five out of ten for me.
0: Wow. I'm surprised you didn't get the daughter thing, the father daughter thing. Do you know what? actually do you know what there's another thing as well in this episode? There's like loads of nods to um russia russia poland and the ukraine And i have no idea why but those three answers on a postcard
1: everyone answers on a postcard I think,
0: I think it's got something to do with power structures and dominance but i'm not entirely sure
1: well don't ask me i don't know <laughs> all right okay. well uh, for me we i'm just yep yeah, i'm just gonna sign off and say thanks to y'all for listening and Fola.
0: Uh, don't forget everyone Mad Men isn't as good as (laughs) Sopranos I messed that up
1: (laughs) you probably messed that up mate I love it
0: don't forget everyone Sopranos is better bye bye bye